0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron.
1: In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, as we come today with uh, eyes wide open
2: and ears open to hear your words come through us. Generally, Father, just, uh, we pray for honesty and vulnerability in our conversation, to be able to hear each other, different point of views, and be able to learn from each other and grow from each other. In your
1: name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics, I'm your host, Todd Citron. Super excited today to have a guest from New Orleans, Mr. Raul Ramos. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, super excited to have him on the show. I have a co-host today. He's no stranger to Acadiana. Many of you will recognize his voice if he's called you to buy a car here in Lafayette, but his name is Mr. Barry Farber from Austin, Texas, originally from New York. Welcome to the show, Barry.
0: Welcome. Thank you for having me, and good morning, everybody.
1: Good morning. Barry's going to be our co-host today. So, Raul, tell us a little bit about yourself. We're mutual friends with a a gentleman named Michael Hanwerger here in Lafayette who runs the Audi store, but tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: You know, uh, it's kind of a... A short and sweet story, to be quite frank with you, you know, born in Texas, I guess a son of uh, immigrants that came from absolutely nothing to uh, from Mexico to the United States, and just uh, pushed us along, took us to church, not all the time, unfortunately, but we knew, uh, I guess, the essence of what the, the Bible was about. Kind of took us through college and took us into the kind of the mutual business that uh, we're all in, which is the car business. But about me more than anything nowadays versus what we what I do for a living is about being a father, a husband, and a, a good friend to most. That's that's who I represent now.
1: You know, never on Cajun Catholics would you believe that, like we talked about coming here, that we got a Jewish guy, a Presbyterian, and a Catholic all in there. There's a joke somewhere in there in the booth this morning. We got to eat at Hub City Diner this morning and got a a good visit in, but just my little time with Raul is that this man has a great love for Christ, and I think a lot through our conversations, he's talked about the joy of the Lord and the joy in his heart. And uh, so I would ask you, Raul, I mean, who in your family, is there someone, whether it was grandparents or your parents in particular, had the deep faith that sort of, that you inherited?
2: You know, uh, I've known, and again, I told, taught this earlier, to know God is to hear God and to see God. I think it's one thing to, to go to church, and we've all been at church and kind of walked through it, but to actually experience grace and mercy, you start believing in God and see God and hear Him. I think as mercy is extended to us, we become merciful, more merciful to others and more graceful to others, and we see each other as more broken people and how we can help each other out. In my family, I couldn't say I have one person, but I see to my wife. I see to my friends that I surround myself with nowadays. And I have changed my circle of friends to encompass the, the, the I would say, the new me.
0: Nice. I agree with that 100%. He's a changed person. At, at let's, let's, let's,
1: let's rock Raul's world. Come on, Barry. Give him some kind of hard question that you can think of. I no, know you guys have been friends for quite a while
0: i think since he led me actually to you is how this all came about is because i worked for raul and then raul introduced me to mike hamburger who introduced me to you so i believe that god has led me to hub city to you for me to get better advice in life better advice in my business and i'm growing here and and raul has a lot of knowledge as far as like i go to his church i go to church for utah mm-hmm. and Between both of you, I think you have a lot of the same point of views. We do, for sure.
1: You know, Raul and I have the same profession. We're both general managers in in the car business. And you would never believe if you're outside the car business that that God (laughs) has his hand in in our occupation or that uh, that the faithful can be found inside of a car dealership. I think it's contrary. I thought of a question to ask you, Raul. I asked you this question. We manage a lot of different people in the, in the dealership. If Jesus were an employee at your car dealership, and where would you find him in your store?
2: You know, I, the immediate thought is like, it's a performance-based business. And God, or Jesus, when he was on earth, it didn't multiply until he passed away. He would actually not be in the car business because unfortunately we'd have to fire him because he didn't sell many cars. It would take years upon years for him to develop and develop his story. I think if Jesus worked for us, he would be the one that we would say, Why aren't you? I know you're a good person. I know you're doing everything right. I know you show up on time. But why is it that you can't sell a car?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what comes to my mind. I think this is going to be a strange answer, but you'd find Jesus on the wash rack you know I think in the in the guy that cleans the cars and details the cars and doesn't really maybe have a whole lot of money on hand but shows up every day you said that and that that is a found amongst the lowly that's doing the humility job the job in the store that nobody appreciates you know when you, you buy a car new or used somebody clean that car especially in today's corona world somebody sanitized that car and and it's the guy behind the scenes that nobody knows and I've always thought that those are the most special people in the store for us. We have some amazing guys that work in that department that have been with us a long time. I think that's where you'd find Jesus. But at the same time, I do believe that Jesus would uh, sell a lot of cars. I'll take it the other way, you know. If, if Jesus uh, were the general manager or the general sales manager, certainly people will follow That everyone. So many people have followed him. And I think when you look at the short term of, you know, The success that comes from the car business, which you've enjoyed a lot of success in your career And I think if we take that success and we parlay it and we do good for others You know look at what we can create. I look at Barry I mean such a blessing for him to come and, and be at our store and be in Lafayette and when you hear a guy with a New York accent calling you someone in Louisiana, you know, everybody like shakes their head and says, What? But I don't know that I've ever met anyone with such a big heart as Barry. And I think Barry has ingratiated himself to the Louisiana folks. Coming from Texas, Raul, I mean, how have you received the the Louisiana folks? you know how has that made an impact on your life living in New Orleans?
2: You know, speaking about New Orleans directly, it's like the what's beautiful, it's like you, you would what do you imagine what heaven's gonna be like? Just the diversity. And the, the many different people and the many different faces that we're going to meet in heaven that doesn't don't look like us, but what's about New Orleans is also the brokenness and also the sin that's there, that unfortunately needs to that needs cleansing. That uh, that God uh, that has a hand in all this, regardless of whatever brokenness is happening, God has a hand in all of that. So the people there in New Orleans, what's absolutely beautiful, you absolutely love, and what you absolutely hate, you absolutely hate like the potholes that are never going to get fixed, <laughs> the, the schools that are never going to work correctly, the politicians that are unfortunately not doing, doing right by the people. But again, the, I think the spirit of the people there want to do well, want to do great things, and they're doing the best they can.
0: Tell me. Go ahead, Barry. I want to say one thing. I brought Raul to come here today. Really, I called Todd, and I asked Raul to come because, Raul, you have a story you want to share maybe with the audience. About your life, what you're feeling today, from when I first met you to now, and if you want to share that, I think that Please. would be a good sure. thing.
2: I think uh, the story for many of our, for many of us, is just about redemption. And I think uh, what most people is for, I think for myself, I don't speak for myself at this point, is the fact that that I think we we all want a second chance, and I think everybody just needs a second chance in life. Uh, some people feel, I always. I've never been in prison, so I'm, uh, I just I, don't, I always try to put myself and empathize with other people what they are going through in life and why they don't feel they're worthy of a second chance. And I think God and Jesus died on the cross to give us a second chance to give us grace. But it, it's the world that tells us that we don't deserve a second chance that we are that we're not worthy of a second chance. But God has given us a second chance
1: how in your life tell us about that story like how has that happened to you personally
2: I think personally in my life uh, I think God has laid a hand on my heart to ask for forgiveness for the for the things I've done in my past I think God has forgiven me of whatever thing anything I've done wrong in my past and I think that's the hardest thing is to receive receive that forgiveness the devil wants you to believe that you're never going to be forgiven he wants you to believe that you are bad, that you can't be the son of Christ for what you've done. But God, like, and that's where Todd and I have talked about predestination, that God knew I was going to make a misstep. God knew that I was going to make a mistake in my life, that he has forgiven me and my wife has forgiven me and my family's forgiven me for my mistakes.
1: Amen. 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 So... Raul, tell, tell me a little bit about, I think as, uh, as, as old Cajun Catholics, we live in a little bubble over here in South Louisiana. I want to know a little bit about the Presbyterian Church, and, and, and especially in New Orleans, and, and what, what, what is it that makes it special? Why do you attend church there, and uh, what do you love about that? I go to
2: church because I know everybody in those pews are all broken, just like all of us, like everybody else. There's not one person that's not a sinner. We'd be hypocrites to believe that we're not. The fundamental truth of a Presbytery is the fact that we are forgiven just by the death of Christ on the cross, and he has washed us away. Again, being a Presbyterian is, we're called the frozen chosen, that basically the, we are predestined and many people have a question about how do you intertwine free choice or free will? Well, God knows the map of our life millions, if not hundreds of years before we were, were even born. So he knows exactly what we're going to do and still loves us as the children that we are. I have a child of child myself and I've always told her, there's nothing you can do that will make me not love you. There's nothing you can do that make me not forgive you. And, and if we were called the sons and daughters of Christ, there's nothing we can do that he will not forgive us for.
1: Yeah. You mentioned your daughter, Gia. Um, You know, I know for me, I have three daughters and, uh, you know just they strengthen my faith so much you know uh, and they love to hear anytime they can see their father pray you know uh, th- th- that's something that that's the greatest gift you could give your children or to to see them pr- see you pray or or to love their mother I think even more so you know but um, tell me a little bit about your wife and uh, and how she intertwined with your faith life
2: I would definitely see my wife as my rock uh, she's considered going to seminary right now and uh... She has led a women's ministry at our church. She is a leader in the church. Uh, unfortunately, in the Presbytery, the, they don't have female leaders. It's all male elders. But uh, she's always taken a leadership position. She's been waiting for me to catch up. I've always said she's a lap ahead <laughs> in the race to Christ. But, uh, you know, uh, in the season of change and the season of humbleness and season of an open heart, it's almost like open heart surgery. In order, in order to change, you've got you to gotta take all the junk out. And you got to let go of the past. Um, my wife is a, an amazing woman. Um, I can vouch for that. Yes. <laughs> she loves Barry. She loves Barry. Uh, but uh, Who doesn't love Barry? Everybody loves Barry. But uh, I would definitely say for her to love me in my most unlovable time, that is like when you say Christ on earth, when you say grace beyond measure, and when you can be loved by a woman like that no matter what, you can only imagine the love Christ has for us also. As his children,
0: I got a quick question for both of you, okay? Where we said we had the Jew, we had the Presbyterian, Mm -hmm. and we got the Catholic, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm looking for, I guess, direction would be the right word. I want a little bit to know more, because it sounds like when we were sitting at breakfast, you guys both pretty much sound like you believe in the same thing. I want to know a little bit which way I go in the direction. Do I go Presbyterian? Do I go Catholic? Do I go to Jew? (laughs) I want to hear from both sides of what you guys think so I can make a good decision.
2: This is like a rush party in fraternity.
0: <laughs> so let me tell you what's good about us real quick. <laughs> well, I want to know what... what I what want to
1: remind we... our listeners, you listen listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Raul Ramos, and our co-host is Mr. Barry Farber. He's asking a very intriguing question, and he's definitely desiring some direction in his faith life. I'm gonna let Raul go first, like the good Catholic and wise man that I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so go ahead, Raul, give, give him something.
2: I'll give you something. Uh, the most fundamental thing, and like I said, Todd and I believe in the exact same thing. It's just through a different road. And when I say a different road, there is grace has already been given to you with whether you deserve it or not by Christ, because he died on the cross. He has washed us of our sins. So you cannot be forgiven through works. As long as you confess to God and you ask God for forgiveness, he will forgive you. But that's the difference. You don't have to do anything through works. That's the main difference.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a very simple. We like, Raul and I like simple. We talked about that over coming before we came over here. And uh, it's simple. You fix your eyes on Christ and you just start walking. And you start walking and running and you don't move your eyes any direction one way or the other. You just keep your eyes on God. And when you feel like you're getting real close, You look to the right and to the left, and whoever that person is on the side of you, you grab them and hang on to them because you know that that's the direction you're supposed to be headed in.
0: Well, and I tell you, I've been to both of your churches, and I like it both. I like going there, and I like, you know, visiting with the people. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it and and gives me a good feeling when I step out every time I go with each one of you on a Sunday or, like, on a Friday service. I enjoy it.
1: Barry's been in Lafayette for how many years now? Off and on for about five years. Five years. And I can promise you he has been to more Catholic masses than most Catholics in South Louisiana, especially during the pandemic. I don't know that he's missed mass, and he comes with his adoration and just a very much of an inspiration to all Catholics, all denominations, because of his devoutness. And he he gets it, you know, and uh, we're going to have to talk about the cracker. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a joke, uh, but you know, Barry was receiving communion initially when he would come to mass, which is a no no in our church. You have to be in a predisposed, let's just say. So he calls it the cracker because in in his faith, I
0: guess. Uh, well, it's a matzah, so, no, but but you you uh, got. Tell oh, him about I call it the, the cookie. You know, matzahs where <laughs> the Jewish people they have matzahs during the. High Holy Days, that's their bread or whatever. Right. I think it's sort of like the way you guys do the same, yeah. same, I same thing. But what Raul told me on the way here coming this morning, which is I took the bread right. from your pastor. The body And what was the words he used where I didn't explain that to you, why I took it, and then I took it in the Catholic Church, and you said I'm not supposed to do that to cross my arms. So tell them what your pastor said.
2: So our pastor, the way he, he says the prayer, says, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and have been baptized in any religion, you're more than welcome to this table.
0: And I was baptized, I guess, in the Jewish religion because I had a priest and I had a bar mitra. But
2: you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.
0: That's the only <laughs> well, was that difference. A, was that a question? <laughs> I think okay. it's a statement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well,
1: you know, well, I wasn't so, taught that. See? Well, okay, so so that's semantics in my mind. You know, I have a, a friend, Calvin, who's been on the show many times. Calvin was very non-denominational in his life, Catholic and left Catholic and, and had been Pentecostal and whatnot. But, you know, he always would come at me, you know, hey, man, you have to, it's in the Bible. Uh, you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior or else, you know, you're not going to be saved. That's it. That's it. And I kind of went a little round and round about that. And I, I know... I get the point. You know, I think that and I can say, Raul, if Barry's not gonna get saved, ain't none of us gonna get saved. I, that's how I feel and I'm sincere about that, Barry. Whether you consider yourself a religious or faithful person
0: I I, I believe I'm a good person. You are and I I, I just believe need direction. Beyond, I, I need direction. Yeah, I
1: believe it's more than a good person. I, I believe that you get it and that, that, that Christ sees that inside you and that you, believe it or not, through your action and through your, your, your childlike faith and love for Christ. You don't it's not a test. It's not, hey, if you don't answer A, B, or C, you lose. I, I just don't think, feel like our God's like that, you know. Just like you said, he's receiving communion in your church, it's welcome there, you know, everyone should be welcome. I, I get that. I can't say that I can argue a lot about, golly, I mean, I feel so selfish in my church, Barry can't receive communion, you know, and that's not a good thing, but as a Catholic, you know, if you dig and you dig deep, you say, okay, in order to receive properly, in order to receive the full grace of that Eucharist, why are we eating that manna? What is it that's special about that? We believe that's the real presence, the body and blood of Christ. And in order to be in a position to receive that, we have to be in a state of sanctifying grace. I spoke about it earlier. And so what does that mean? Does it mean you're not a, you're a sinful person? No, it doesn't mean it, it does mean that you're not carrying grave sin on your heart and but at the same time there's a process in order to receive in our in our church and and it's considered very holy very sacred. And so that's what our church teaches whether I think Jesus would do it that way or not probably not because Jesus is going everyone's going to be welcome at Jesus's table, you know, I, I believe that. So
0: it it is semantics. I actually like just being able to go up now that you told me cross my arms.
1: Yeah, so I had told Barry, you know, what, what you're supposed to do in our churches is instead of sitting down and not receiving and feeling alienated, go up and, and the priest will give you a blessing and, and he's uh, been doing that at, at the mass he attends on friday at saint Pius and i think that's been a beautiful thing i want you to receive in our church i wish that you could and um i'm, I'm jealous that you're receiving at raul's church you know uh, but you know we'll see where christ leads you i know you're surrounded by some good people and we call mike hand worker, hamburger affectionately, but he's a good, good friend also in the automobile business and, uh, and a good man. And I'm, I'm blessed to, that he has led me to both of you guys. Same here. So, okay, Raul, we, we, we're moving along quick in this show. We're losing time, but, uh, tell me, um, if do you, do you read a lot? Do you read the Bible a lot? And, and what is your favorite Bible verse or something that, that you're on right now? That's on your heart. I would say second Corinthians 12, 10.
2: Or when I'm weak, I'm strong. Nice. And the reason why is that, uh, I think of my, I would say my worldly power, I was at my weakest, but I didn't realize it. Now when I know I need God more than anything else, and that's my oxygen, my, my water, I can't, I can't feel anything without him. And that's the, the strongest I feel is when I guess I'm in his presence. I think, uh, as many people as we have success, we become our own demigods. We believe we're serving ourselves before we serve others. At least that was my, my, my case. But uh, as uh, one gets humbled and one humbles themselves, I believe you start to learn that uh, you need help, that uh, you can't do it alone, not just with God, but with good people around you, godly people. But also, like I said, God didn't just hang out with people that were uh, of faith. They hung out with sinners so they could learn and show conversion
0: also. I agree with that.
1: (laughs) So... I'll share a story about uh, that Barry and I ran across interesting to our listeners. But we were talking about when Jesus rose um, Lazarus from the dead. And um, I've been doing this study Bible on John, on the Gospel of John. And in there, Raul, oh, there's more, tri- more trivia a little bit. Martha and Mary are brother and sister, and Lazarus is their brother, uh, or sisters, and the, that's their brother. And, and Jesus comes along late. Uh, he, he's died and when they get to the house, um, uh, Martha runs outside of the house, and I believe Mary stays in the house. And there's something very specific that Mary's doing in the Gospel of John. Do you know what, what she's doing in the house? I do not. She is sitting. It specifically says Mary is sitting in the house. And and I was sharing this with Barry, and Barry goes, well, of course she's sitting. T- tell him why she was sitting.
0: Well, in the Jewish religion, it's called sitting shiva. So when... Uh, uh, mother or father die the funeral home gives you cardboard boxes and for seven days you have to mourn and sit on a box you can't sit on furniture you have to sit on that box so i said to todd that's pretty much the same thing and what he started to talk and we started discuss i think a lot of the catholic and the jewish things are pretty much the of same. course
1: of course the old testament is is all the jewish law and uh, the new testament is a fulfillment of that and so, you know, it just struck me, something little. I love the little things in the Bible. And uh, that sitting, from, for us, we're like, okay, she's sitting in the house. Well, but to a Jewish person, they, they get that totally. And the thing that happens when Martha leaves the Shiva... And she runs out to greet Jesus. That's a that's a big problem. That's a, that's people of the Jewish faith would go. She can't do that. Correct. You know, she's broke Shiva, and that's like a bad thing. And then Mary does the same thing with the rest of the family. They run out and they greet Jesus, and then they walk to the tomb of Lazarus. Well, just for me having the understanding with Barry explaining that to me is that that's that's the Old Testament, the old way, the old covenant, and Jesus is the new covenant. So when they run to Jesus, it's this imagery. And that's why John wrote, you know, there's so much that, that John writes that's imagery, that, that they're leaving the old covenant, going to the new. And uh, and Jesus is the new covenant. And, and of course, he uh, raises Lazarus. Now, another trivia for you. Now, uh, I don't mean to trivia, but we enjoy this on the show. Uh, so there were two times in the Bible that Jesus wept. Raul, I'm I'm putting it on you here. What, what, what were the two times? There were only two times on the it, cross. No, no, did not weep on the cross. Good guess though.
0: Father, what, they know not what they do.
1: Yeah, but he didn't. No. They, he yeah, wasn't no. weeping.
0: Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> My he, son got it right, right, Todd?
1: He did. Oh, hey, his son's the man now.
0: Okay, go for it, Todd.
1: So uh, we, we we ran across that one. It, it, the easy one's Lazarus. When Lazarus died, he was so. Uh, in fact, it's the shortest Bible verse in the whole Bible. It's Jesus wept and so when lazarus died jesus wept the second one is the hard one and I'll, I'll be honest with our cajun catholics most non-denominational friends of mine got this right and almost a hundred percent of the catholics got it wrong uh but it's when he um comes down on the horse on uh palm sunday and he's he's coming down and i went to the holy land so i can really Picture this in my mind, but he's coming down from the Mount of Olives and passing through the Garden of Gethsemane and through the Kidron Valley. And he comes up to the gates of Jerusalem and he weeps for Jer- He stops and he just weeps because he's so sad that Jerusalem pretty much turned on him, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll say in my terms. And, uh, and uh, so he, he, he weeps for Jerusalem. Yeah?
0: I got a question for both ears again because it had to do with this morning. And I was asking Raul. It's about praying for the dead. We yeah. were discussing talking about and, that and, this morning, and and, and and I think that's the same thing again with Catholic and Jews. I think they believe in the same thing. Like when you go to a cemetery, okay, you get a rabbi. He comes to your your stone, and you give a donation. He makes a prayer for your family. Same way is on. I believe it's on Passover and mm-hmm. Yom Kippur. It, you got a It's called Yishka, and you light candles for the deceased. So I guess you like candles in the Catholic church too, am sure, I correct? Sure. And it's all the same, but that's praying for the deceased, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Raul was saying in in the Presbyterian, they don't pray, I guess, for the deceased. So yeah. there's some difference. That's why I want to know more of what you guys believe. Yeah, Raul and I had a
1: little bit of this discussion, but in the Book of Maccabees, um, you know, that's that's kind of the the bigger wrap up of praying for the deceased, but I guess you know, like we said, um, if you believe that our soul continues on, and, and that you can have this communication with uh, with the deceased, uh, that that we ask for their intercession, just like Raul mentioned in New Orleans, uh, different than Houston, that his congregation really doesn't have a problem praying for each other, and they're not they're they're open themselves up to say, hey, I need your prayers for this specifically where in Houston, not so much.
2: Well, I think it's more about the vulnerability point. That's what I meant by that, where most people that go to church, they want to act like they they really have it all together versus in New Orleans, they're okay saying, you know what, I do need God and I do need help. And that goes back to 2 Corinthians. So that goes back to they do not lean on themselves for their strength, they lean on God for their strength. Um, I think it's more honesty and transparency where most people that go to church unfortunately are afraid to ask for help and say, you know what? I need help with this and it's not more of a prayer. It's more of like, Hey, I'm about to sin or have sinned and I need help stopping myself from this
1: well i want to thank you both for being on the show we 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 just ran through our time so much to talk about but um you guys have been a real blessing in my life and uh know that i'll always be praying for you and you and your your wife and for gia and uh barry likewise
0: i gotta say one thing before we finish todd i go a, a lot of places around this country a lot of different states and i was from new york but Louisiana people are the nicest people I ever met.
1: Well, they're not as nice as those New Yorkers. <laughs> the right New Yorkers, right? <laughs>
0: so you've been listening
1: to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show with our guest Raul Ramos and uh, with our co-host, Mr. Barry Farber. Again, as always, we ask you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless. Thank you all for being you. on the show.
2: Thank you.